Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Benji Kelly and New Hope Church. We are thrilled you have joined us for this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Man, we are having church up in here today already. We are glad you are here. My name is Benji. If you are a guest, welcome to New Hope Church. We still got people flooding in, so let's make sure we make room for them. Um, Everybody say Garner. Everybody say Sanford. Everybody say North Raleigh, Columbia, Hillsboro, Kenya, Internet, Coffee House, and now Central. Now, everybody at all the movement, just celebrate all the campuses. Love all you guys. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. All right, so check it out. Before we get in, I got to sit down for this. Before we get in, I, 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 got, two, I got two things I need to talk to you about. The first is I got this incredible, redemptive, ministry, kingdom-advancing announcement to share with you. And the second thing I have to tell you about has absolutely no redemptive value at all. Which one would you prefer? First, if you're walking in the flesh, you would probably want to hear about the one that has no redemptive value to it because also you should know that it is probably the most self-deprecating story I will have ever shared in my entire life. Your pastor is an idiot. So, do you want that one? Or do you... You sinners! If you're walking with the Spirit, I would think you want the kingdom advancing announcement. If you're walking in the flesh, you would want the one where I am a bona fide idiot. Uh, let me give you the kingdom advancing one first, even though some of you want the other ones. Hey, check it out, check it out. We have a campus in, in North Carolina Correctional Institute. It is our prison campus. We have a campus in a women's prison. It is unbelievable. I've been in there, baptized lots of inmates. It is awesome. We're about to go into another year of ministry. Let us, I don't know if I've ever said this before, actually. Let us make sure we all understand that that ministry, we should never take it for granted because they could shut us down anytime they want to. But thankfully, we have favor with the warden. We have favor, favor with the state officials, and so they let us do this. We're getting ready to go into another academic year of that ministry, and I just I have a vision. I want to have more volunteers than we've ever had before. I want to have the best year of prison ministry that we've ever had. We've actually got, they, we've got them to give us permission to put in all kinds of new technology. I mean, it's going to be prison ministry on, on the next level, but... We need as many volunteers who would go into the prison and serve Christ and serve these inmates. Now, check it out. Here's the deal. This is why I'm telling you about this. August 25th. Everybody say August 25th. August 25th is our training. They just won't let anybody go into the prison. You have to be trained for it. August 25th is the training, and we need as many people who would see God calling them into the prison. Now, you know my story, so you know prison ministry is very, very important to me. But check it out. August 25th, I need you to take out your connect card right now. If you're willing to go, and I need to say this, by the way. Some of you have asked me about this. Is this like one-on-one counseling with inmates? No, 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 no. Which would be cool, right? It's no one-on-one. We go into the prison. We have to go through security. Then we go into the prison. And then we set up all kinds of stuff. And we often feed them and give them snacks. We set up worship. We do worship. You're praying for the ladies as they receive the gospel. They hear the same message that you hear on Sundays. They give an invitation. Women accept Christ. It is incredible. And then you line up with the group of New Hopers at the end. And you high-five. And you can't really hug them, though. I always hug them. They say you're not supposed to hug them. But I hug them. Um, But you got to obey the rules, right? So you don't do that. And it's all it is to it. 
August 25th, here's what I want you to do. Take your connect card if this is something that fires you up and just write prison ministry. Or email, write this down, missions at newhopenc.org. Missions at newhopenc.org. Some of you are like, I wish you'd get finished so you can tell me that other story. All right, so first of all, so first of all, y'all need to know that the Kelly family can get their country on. We're like, we're, we're, we're stone cold southern by the grace of God. Now, those of you who are from up north, God bless you. You have come down to the promised land. And we love northerners, but I just want to let you know, if you know, I mean, I know I got a DR in front of my name and I went to Duke. I know, but let me tell you, this old boy can get his country on. Now, I, I'm not talking about uh, any rednecks in the house. He's proud of it. See, I ain't talk, I'm not talking about rednecks. I always tell my kids, we aren't red. We aren't red. We are educated southern by the grace of God. And so we're country, man. We're country. And so I'm about to show you a video that it's raw. It's not done by our productions team. It is done by me and my wife. But I need to let you know, I, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. I did, the, I did the most idiotic thing I've ever done in my life. And I don't know why I feel led to share it with you. I guess because we're family. Family does this, right? And I, I've said this before. Like, I let you into my life because when you look at my life, you're like, dude, my life's not that bad. Like, you, you listen to my stories, man. You're like, we got it pretty good, honey. I know we can play, but we got it good. I need to explain one thing to you. Um, dollar, 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 dollar. Everybody say dollar, dollar. What dollar dollar is in my family is we, we, don't, I don't, we don't buy our, car, our, our kids' cars. We make them pay a dollar. Every dollar we put in, they put in a dollar. Like, if you want to buy your kid's car, that's fine, but we don't do that. I want them to have some skin in the game. You know what I'm saying? Call it dollar dollar. You need to know that to kind of make sense of that part of this video. Second thing I need to know, you need to know is, hey, we, some of you are so anti-guns, anti-guns, that you, you, you can't even imagine that people can have guns and enjoy them. Oh, you can have fun with guns. And I don't think you need to do bad things with guns. Can I get an amen? I don't believe in all that. But um, I'm going to stop. The video speaks for itself. I'm an idiot. Hey, Anna Grace Kelly. It's my daughter. I love you, and I miss you so very much. You are at the Young Life Christian Camp being a woman of God serving and uh, so good to talk to you on the phone lately we're going to get you in one week um and i just can't wait to see you but i i have something to tell you while you were away we had one of our gun shooting evenings it was awesome we had the helping steins over here we had will we had danny we had our family we grilled out it was awesome we shot we blew stuff up all day long just your kind of country southern day but <laughs> you can move a little bit, Amy, and make it a little more dynamic. Um, Anna Grace, I, I, um, I did something that I should not have done. Um, I shot over here by your truck, and I was shooting a target way down there. And the target was in the scope, so this shouldn't have happened. But... I don't know how to explain it except to say I did it. It's the most idiotic thing I've ever done in my entire life. I'm so very sorry, even though I'm smiling because it is, it is hilarious. And um, I shot your truck. 
I, I shot your truck, baby. <laughs> Literally shot your truck. So I'm back here, Anna Grace. And I'm shooting, and, and we all looked at it, and we thought, it looks close, but it's not going to hit it because I couldn't see the truck. Wesley, your dear brother Wesley, I must admit, said over and over and over that this would happen. And then now all he keeps saying is, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. And so anyway, baby, I am so sorry. I'm glad I bought the truck. Um, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, yeah, but I paid dollar dollar. And you're right. Um, but look at me, baby. I'm going to wait for the camera to get back up here. You know, I've always taught y'all that if you do something wrong, you have to take responsibility for it. So right now, I'm taking the truck to go get it fixed. We're going to pull this metal in. We're going to bondo this. We're going to actually paint this whole strip, Anna Grace, all the way down here above the pinstripe. We're going to take care of this hole for you, so it's actually going to be better in the end. We're going to take care of this spot right here for you. I want her to see all this so she knows that it's going to be better. We're taking care of this. Taking care of all these little, so we're taking care of this hole, taking care of this hole. So all this is going to be done for you to show you I love you and that I am sincerely sorry. That's why I can smile and laugh about it because it's going to be better when it's all said and done. And um, we were going to not fix it until you got back because we really wanted you to see it because we really wanted to all laugh about it. But um, the guy is going to have time to fix it this weekend, so I'm going to go ahead and have it fixed up and ready for you when you get back with your brand new wipers and your oil change and all those other things I promised you I would do for you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. We miss you. And we can't wait to see you on Sunday. Everybody repeat after, after me. Pastor Benji is an idiot. You said that with a little more enthusiasm than I wanted you to. Hey, pray for us, man. She's going to watch that video about 5 o'clock this afternoon. And uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Hey, take out your teaching notes. We're going to go get this today. We're going to hit this word straight up. I'm going to talk to you today about baptism. About what? Straight up. We're going to get right to it. No playing around. You can go ahead and take your teaching notes out. Grab that pen in front of you. But as I said, we can get our country on. I was born and raised in Sumter, South Carolina. I love, love, love country music. Any country music fans in the house? Those are the godly people. Hey, check it out. So uh, one of my favorite country singers of all time is Carrie Underwood. The woman can bring it. And about a year and a half ago, maybe two years, I'm not quite sure, she came out with a song that skyrocketed to the top of the charts, secular radio, secular country music, and the title of the song is, There Must Be Something in the Water. And here's what the lyrics say, then somebody said what I'm saying to you, opened my eyes and told me the truth. They said, just a little faith and it'll all get better, so I followed that preacher man down to the river, and now I'm changed. I'm stronger. And then the chorus keeps coming in in this song. There must be something in the water. Goes into the next verse. Couldn't fight back the tears, so I fell on my knees saying, God, if you're there, come and rescue me. Felt love pouring down from above. Got washed in the water. Washed in the blood. And now I'm changed. For there must be what? Something in the water. Last verse. 
And now I'm singing along to Amazing Grace. And here's what's cool. The song just starts, it breaks out into Amazing Grace. Secular radio. Now I'm singing all along to Amazing Grace. Can't nobody wipe this smile off my face. I got joy in my heart. Angels on my side. Thank God Almighty. I saw the light. Going to look ahead, no turning back, live every day, give all that I have, trust in someone bigger than me. And since the day I believed, I'm changed, I'm stronger. There must be something in the water. Here's my question to you. Do you think that there could possibly, maybe mysteriously, Paul talks about the mysterion of the gospel. Do you think there could be something mysterious, something powerful in the waters of baptism? Maybe you've just looked at it as kind of a ritual, but do you think that maybe, maybe, maybe there could be something powerful in the waters of baptism so that when a man or a woman goes into the waters and they come up, could it be that there's an anointing and there's a favor and there's a blessing in the waters of baptism? Some of you are going to get baptized today and you didn't even know it when you got here. I believe God's going to rock some of you to the core. And for the first time in your life, you are going to do something crazy for God. And the culture will tell you it's not important. And you've bought the lie. But the truth is, there's nothing more important than obeying Christ and doing what he says. Can I get an amen? Culture will lie to you. You don't believe me? Let me give you a few examples. Have you looked at any pictures from the 80s lately? Women. Do you remember what you did with your hair in the 80s? Big hair. And you walked around saying, I look good. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Go look at some pictures from the 80s. Hey, you remember this? Guys, let me go to the guys. Come on. Guys, guys, guys. White tube socks up to the knees. With Reeboks on. Man, if I saw you in the mall, I'd call security on you today. Cultural lie, oh, fanny pack, ooh, fanny pack, what? Now, some of you still wear tube socks and a fanny pack. We love you at New Hope Church. <laughs> and we're, we're glad you're in the house of the Lord. But culture will lie to you. And something will speak into you and start to tell you it's not that important. Let me tell you something, it's very, very, very important. Let's talk about pet peeves for a moment. How many of you got pet peeves? Pet peeves, show your hands, pet peeves. I got pet peeves, man. I'm not going to lie about it. I don't have a lot, but I have pet peeves. Here's my number one pet peeve. Number one pet peeve. Those of you who ride slow in the fast lane. What? You need to get a life and pull over. So that the rest of us behind you can get a life and have ours back. You know what I'm saying? That sounded a little more mean than I wanted it to. If you're new here, hey, I'm just kidding. Just having fun with you. Here's one. Here's one. Ice crunchers. God bless you people. I pray you get into heaven, but I pray that when you get to heaven, Jesus lets you know no ice crunching. Come on. Hey, I was joking aside though. I believe God's got pet peeves. Have you ever thought about this? I, I, believe, I, believe, I believe Scripture teaches us that, that, that God has pet peeves. Here's one of them. Here's one of them. I believe one of God's 
pet peeves, maybe his greatest pet peeve, comes down to those who say they are followers of Jesus, but they only say it with their mouth and they don't live it with their lives. I believe Jesus has a pet peeve. Those who proclaim, I'm a child of God, I'm saved, I'm I'm a Christian. They say it on Sunday, but they don't live it out Monday through Saturday. Hello. Amazing in John chapter 2. John chapter 2, Jesus' first miracle. You remember what he did in John chapter 2? He turned water into wine. Remember, it was a wedding. And in those days, weddings were a big deal. Ladies, they just didn't last a Saturday afternoon like yours does. No, no, no. In those days, weddings went on for an entire week. And they had party for the entire week. And they had wine. It's just what they drank during those days. They drank wine. And in John chapter 2, they run out of wine at the wedding. Remember the story? Now, for some of you, you'd be like, no problem. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I don't drink wine. Others of you are like, dude, that's a problem. <laughs> run out of wine. They come to Jesus, right? And Jesus and Mary are there, and, and Mary basically says to the, to, the, to the wedding party and the bride and the groom, they say, she says, just do what he tells you to do. Look at it. You'll see it on the screen. John 2, 5. Do whatever he tells you. Why don't you read that with me? I want to sink deep into your soul because that's where we're going today. Ready? Go. Do whatever he tells you. One more time. Do whatever he tells you. When was the last time you've done something crazy for God? When was the last time you, you said, you know what? I don't understand it. It might be, not be convenient. It might not be comfortable. But since God tells me to do it, the still small voice speaking into my soul, or because I read it in the Bible, God's word, I'm going to do it. Just do whatever he tells you to do. And I don't know if you've discovered this or not, but I surely have in following Christ now for 26 years. It's those moments when I don't do what he tells me to do that my life gets off the tracks, if you know what I mean. And I'm in the ditch of life. But it's when I actually just do whatever he tells me to do that Jesus always takes care of me. And he will take care of you. Three things, and it's going to be fast today because we're going to be baptizing people. By the way, just got done baptizing 36 people after the first service of worship. Just this campus. This is going down at all the campuses today. Take out your teaching notes. Grab that pen in front of you. Here we go. Number one, baptism identifies us as unashamed of the Lord Jesus. Write in the word unashamed. Baptism identifies us. As unashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's my question for you. Are you unashamed of the gospel? Or do you live one way on Sunday and then when you step out of church you live a different way? You're two-faced. And I want to tell you something, beloved. There is nothing more miserable than trying to live a life that is split in two directions. Baptism identifies us as being unashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. This past May, I can't believe it, my wife and I celebrated 20 years of marriage. This May, it's been good, there's been bad times, it's been tough. I mean, you know, marriage, marriage is hard work, can I get an amen? But it, that woman, I married way up, way up, she's awesome. But I want to ask you something, I want you to just imagine 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago, we get out of the wedding in downtown Tallahassee, got married in my wife's home church, Tallahassee, Florida. Went, woo -woo, went to a little honeymoon, had a great honeymoon, came back, landed back in Durham, 
third floor apartment. I'm talking we were po. How do you think this would have worked out for me? Just, just imagine. 20 years ago, we're in our third floor apartment eating lots of ramen noodles. We were students. How do you think this would have worked for me if I said, honey, come here. Now, you know I love you. And I'm so glad we just got married. And, and, and baby, the honeymoon was awesome. But I'd really, if it's okay with you, honey, if it's okay with you, I want to take my wedding ring off because I really don't want people to know that we're married. My, my, she says. How do you think that would have worked out? <laughs> it would still be frigid in the Kelly home, if you know what I mean. No, 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 no. This wedding ring tells you that I love my wife. It is an outward symbol of an inward and outward love and commitment that I have to my wife. That is what baptism is. Baptism is a public profession by men and women who say, I am unashamed of the gospel. Let's read Romans 1.16. Some of you need to memorize this verse because you've yet to live a bold life for God. Romans 1.16, out loud like it's the word of the Lord. Ready, go church. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of that brings salvation to everyone who believes. For I am not a what? I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is a salvation of men and women and the power of God for everyone who believes. Let this settle into you. Luke 9, ready? Luke 9, let this, let's just settle into your, your heart today. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, this is Jesus speaking, church. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the angels. Come on, church. When's the last time you ever said, you know what? I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of being two-faced. I'm tired of being a hypocrite. I'm tired of hiding my faith. I'm tired of feeling that tension when I cowered away from being bold in my faith. What if today was the day that you said, you know what? I've never been baptized or I've never been baptized as a believer. Or when I was, it didn't mean anything to me. And today I'm going public as an unashamed follower of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Number two, here's the second one. Baptism identifies that our old life has passed away. Baptism identifies that our old life has what? Passed away. Colossians 2, 12. Let's read it out loud. You read the last one so well together. Ready? Colossians 2, chapter, 12, uh, chapter 2, verse 12. Ready? Go. Having been buried with him in in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who, who did what? Raised him from the dead. Baptism identifies that the old life, everybody say old life, becomes the new life. Everybody say new life. True story, true story. A pastor friend of mine was preaching on this text and he was getting ready to baptize a lady she wasn't a young lady, but she wasn't a very old lady either. And he, he was saying as he baptized her, he said, I bury the old life. Right from this, Colossians 2, I bury the old life. But, you know, pastors, <laughs> I've been there. Sometimes the things that you mean to say, 
don't quite come out the way you intend. So he goes, I baptize. And instead of saying the old life, he goes, I bury the old lady. He's not in ministry today. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't end very well for him. It, it identifies the old life that has be actually become what? The new life. True story. Some of you historians will like this. this is, um, you can study history. And, and uh, most scholars believe, um, even secular historians from the day of Jesus, believe that John the Baptist, when he was baptizing people. Now, if you don't know the Bible, there was this forerunner to Jesus. His name was John the Baptist. Or as I like to refer to him as John the Baptizer. Those of you old school Baptists, listen. There was no such thing as Baptist back then. So don't start trying to say John was a Baptist. John was a baptizer. And the, the history teaches that John would baptize where, church? In the Jordan River. And in many places of the Jordan River, I've been baptized once in the Jordan River. In many places, it's quite shallow. And history teaches that the people, and John baptized a lot of people. Scripture teaches this. Jesus' followers weren't sure what to make of this. History teaches that a lot of people would line up on the east side of the Jordan River. And they would come into the Jordan River where John the baptizer would baptize them. And instead of going back out the east side of the river, they would literally cross over and come up the bank on the other side of the river. The east side representing the wilderness is where they would come from. John the baptizer would baptize them. They would get up and walk out of the west side representing the promised land. Do you see it? The old self being buried and the new life coming forth in baptism. Powerful symbolic imagery. For us to think about today. Here's the third thing. Baptism identifies our new life in Christ. Baptism identifies our new life in Christ. So number two is. It identifies that the old life has done what? Passed away. Point three. Straight from the word. Is that baptism identifies our new life in Christ. Look at what Romans 6 says. Romans 6. Verses 3 and 4. Come on, we might as well read it together too. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his, into his what church? Let's continue. We were therefore buried with him through baptism in order that, let's continue, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too, we too may what? Good job. It, it symbolically represents the new life. Again, just a little history lesson for those of you who like history. In the early church, when they would baptize believers, and you've seen pictures of this, and some churches still do it today, it's a part of tradition. The, those who are baptized wear white garments. They often wear long white robes. Have you seen this? What you might not know about is that in the early church, they would have these white robes on. But on top of the white robe, they would have dirty, dingy white garments. When they would come to the pastor and he would baptize that man, baptize that woman, baptize that student. When that person is of an age of accountability, I'll talk about that in just a moment. When the 
preacher would baptize that person. When they went under, the person would kind of shed the old dingy, dirty garments to be raised to new life in the white garments. History teaches that you'd often see the old dirty garments kind of floating down the river. You see it? Baptism identifies our new life in Christ Jesus. Have you been baptized? Like for real? Have you had a significant moment where you said, I'm tired of playing games. I'm going to publicly profess my faith in Christ and I'm going to be baptized as a symbol, as a public profession of what God's done in my life. Have you? couple key questions that I know some of you are thinking about today. Here's the first one. When do I get baptized? When do I get baptized? That's a great question. The moment you are to get baptized is the moment after you have had a conversion experience, after you have become a Christian, the moment that you realize you need to be baptized. And unfortunately, and I regret this, but unfortunately, the church has not done a good job of teaching believers. Listen, you believe and then you get baptized. I accepted Christ when I was 18 years old. I never ever understood that I should get baptized until I was 21. I was just not taught. And I was in a great church. I mean, I'm so thankful for the church that discipled me as a young man. I just was never taught. So at the age of 21, I finally heard what Scripture teaches, and they said, get baptized. And what do you think I did? I got baptized. It's powerful. In a pool, I'll never forget it. My wife, who cut her teeth on the pews of that church I was just telling you about in Tallahassee, She never got baptized until we started this church 13 years ago. And the very first Easter that we were experiencing in East Chapel Hill High School, under the flagpole, come on now, is this not powerful, where the American flag was flapping, my wife and 12 other followers got baptized into Christ as a way of declaring for the world that our ultimate allegiance is not to the United States of America, but our ultimate allegiance is to the Jesus Christ who died on a blood-stained cross. It's powerful. So when do I get baptized? You get baptized after you believe. And some of you are like, well, I got baptized as a baby. No, you didn't. I hate to be the one to break it to you. No, you didn't. You got dedicated as a baby. And you're like, you're crazy, Pastor. I got the certificate. <laughs> they might have called it baptism. Here, write this down. Some of you don't know about all this. 27 times in the New Testament. 27 times in the New Testament. Every time baptism is mentioned, it is in connection with a believer's baptism. Not infant baptism. That's why we dedicate children at New Hope Church. We baptize believers. You're like, well, I got a child. When do we dedicate them? October 11th. It's coming. It's a great, amazing service. We have it right in here. 
But baptism is for believers. So some of you are like, well, can I get rebaptized? They said it was, I was a baby, but can I, can I get baptized again? Or some of you are like, I was baptized as an adult, but I wandered away, and now I'm back. Can I get baptized again? The answer is absolutely yes. I told you I was baptized at 21, right? Remember that? Then, when we built this building and we built that baptistry out there that you walk by every day, guess what? I wanted to be baptized with this community of faith. I wanted to identify with New Hope Church, so I got baptized again. And then guess what? I took a big group of New Hopers to the Holy Land, and we came upon the Jordan River. Who would come by the Jordan River as a believer and not get baptized where Jesus was baptized? Hello. So I got baptized again. Three. Woo. Triune. Triune baptizer right here. Boom. Will I baptize you again? Heck to the yeah. Now, if every time we have a baptism, you're in the front of the line with floaties on, there's an issue. <laughs> We're going to have a talk, right? I'm going to kind of unpack some things for you theologically. Absolutely, I'll baptize you again. And why not today? Today. Why not do something bold and crazy and seal this deal and follow Scripture today and get baptized? You say, well, I wasn't planning on it. I got nice clothes on. We got shirts and shorts waiting on you. Waiting on you. Here's the second question that some of you are asking. Is baptism necessary? Do I need to get baptized? I'm going to try my best not to sound preachy here because I don't like to sound preachy. But really? Really? Some of you are sitting there thinking, do I have to give baptism? You're really going to ask that question? When the God of the universe left heaven and walked down, if you will, the stairway of heaven and lived a sinless life for 33 years and died on a blood-stained cross for you, shed His blood for you, and the Father raised Him to new life, and He says, get baptized. You're going to say, do I have to get baptized? Really? Dude, you're going to sit there and think, man, it's not cool. Bro, you were the one wearing white tube socks in the 80s. Come on. Ma'am, you're sitting there thinking, well, I, I didn't prepare. What about my hair? What about my makeup? With no offense, who gives a flying flip about your hair and your makeup? He died for you on a blood-stained cross. Come on, church. Really? Really? Come on. What are you waiting on? One passage of Scripture and I'm done. And, 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 and I asked him to take me off the screen for this and just let the Word of God be on the screen. These are the last words of Jesus. Come on, come on. Just, just, just think about this for a moment. Jesus, Son of God came from heaven, knew that he was going to die on a cross, went there, died for you, 
was de dead, buried, flatlined. The Father raised him to new life. Easter Sunday morning. You got all that, right? He, he then appeared to the disciples. And right before he went back to heaven, right before he went back to heaven, the very last words he spoke. Question, question, not a trick question. Do you think these words were important? I told you it's not a trick question. Do you think Jesus' last words, do you think he would have thought about it and said, I better give some really important words here? Of course. Matthew 28, 18 and 20. Come on, let's read it together. Take me off the screen. Watch this, church. Here we go. One, two, three, go. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you. To win? Mary said, just do what he tells you to do. If, if you will just do that, listen, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's difficult in the workplace tomorrow, if you'll just do what you know he tells you to do. When you're out this week in a bar, right, and you're wondering what you should do, just do what you know he's telling you to do. If you'll just do what he tells you to do, he'll take care of you. And he'll bless your life. What about today? Like right now? What if you did something radical, maybe for the first time in your life? And after we sang a song or two, you walked out of those doors and you said, I'm done with half-hearted Luke." warm religion. I'm done with straddling a daggum fence. I am going to cross over and give my entire life to Christ today. Father, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for the way your word speaks so powerfully to us. God, thank you for the mysterious way in which there is something, there's something in the waters of baptism. And Father, I pray for the man, the woman, the student here today, God, and they just know, they know you're tapping them on the shoulder and you're speaking that still, small voice. Get baptized. Quit playing games. Give me your life. Get baptized. So, Father, I thank you for that person who's going to step into the waters of baptism today, God, and they didn't even know they were going to do it. Thank you for the men and women who showed up today, God, and they knew today's my day. Lord God, there are other people here, Lord, and they, they actually want to get baptized right now. They've been convicted, but they've never really even given you their lives. They've never really even experienced what the Bible calls the, the salvation, the conversion experience. If that's you and you desire to 
follow Christ in baptism today. Let's first get your eternal destiny right. If you're here and you're not sure you've ever really given him your whole life, you've never really surrendered everything to him, you've never really received him as Lord and Savior, that's you today. Why don't you pray a simple prayer? A prayer that I prayed at the age of 18 years old. God has been wrecking my life ever since. That's you. Why don't you pray a prayer that goes something like this. Lord Jesus, I realize today that I need you. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. And I need you to come into my life today and be my Savior. I receive you as Lord and Savior. And from this seat today, I'm going to rise and head straight into the waters of baptism and pledge my allegiance to you and you alone. And to the best of my ability, I'm going to follow you from this day forward. Thank you for loving me, God. Help me love you back. In Jesus' name we pray. And the people of God said together, Amen, Amen, and Amen. You do know, don't you, men and women all around you just received Christ. Let them know how we feel about it, church. Hey, you can stay seated for this next song. You're going to love this. It's going to blow your mind. Ushers are going to come forward in just a moment to receive today's tithes and offerings. Take out that Connect card. Take out the Connect card. Fill that out and let us know that you're here. But here's the main thing. Listen, if you just accepted Christ, on one side of that card, there's a place for you to check, I, I just received Christ. If you just rededicated your life to Christ, there's another box for you to check. Please, please check that because check it out. I want to send you some information. We want to help you grow. If you need a Bible, we give free Bibles away in the resource center. Grab you one today on the way out. We want to know. We want to bless you. Again, the ushers are going to come forward in just a moment. Just stay seated for this song, and then we'll blow it up with one final song at the end. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, just stop by one of our campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. Thanks for being a part of our church family and we hope you'll join us next week.